Luke chapter 9, verses 51 through 62 is our printed text today. And uh, we, uh, this unit in discipleship, I don't know about you guys, but I've thoroughly enjoyed it. It's given me an opportunity to uh, uh, really bone up for uh, the evangelism uh, process, which starts in March, second Tuesday. The second Tuesday in March. Uh, we only had three hands that go up, uh, Dean Johnson, that haven't been. So that right now, I, if it's only two, that means uh, we'll at least have two in uh, basic doctrine. Uh, we'll have at least two. I uh, want to pause just a minute and talk, address that. We're going to graduate uh, in September. <laughs> Security. I'll, I'll, I'll address that response later also. <laughs> um, we're going to graduate uh, uh, class in September. Uh, 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 pretty good sized class, I mean, as uh, the process goes. Um, the, um, and as you can tell, some of those are in here. Uh, and, and, and they'll be joining you, new basic doctor students, they'll be joining you uh, in March also, some of, some of them, some of them. Uh, but uh, I have noticed, and I shared um, with some other ministry leaders, uh, that in uh, evangelism, um, uh, the numbers are not down because they're coming to basic uh, the matriculation through basic and throughout the rest of the process, 106, they start thinning out with the exception of some classes. Some classes have made packs that they would stay together and they pretty much, uh, it happens, you know, we're in a transient community, so uh, it's going to happen. But the thing that is most noticeable, Deacon Johnson, is that there are no men participating through 106. Guys, that's an indictment. Because first of all, if you know anything about the process, you know that uh, primarily it started out as couples. And the reason why it was couples was because the church was predominantly couples. We had more couples than we did but a very small singles ministry. Now I realize the demographics has changed, but uh, men have not stopped joining this church. Uh, and they need to be in the process. Brother Bray's not here, but Brother Mercer is here. When we were a church half the size of this, on first Wednesday, we had average 60 men, 60 to 65 men. We don't see men in ministry anymore for various reasons. But that's an indictment. 
It's an indictment on our commitment. And that's today's lesson. That's why we're bringing it to you today. This is sponsored by the evangelism process of the Resurrection Baptist Church. Today's lesson. Two lessons in discipleship. Jesus asked the question, who do men say that I am? There's a response. Some say, some say. Jesus says, but who do you say that I am? Because we understand that the person of Jesus Christ is very important uh, to know who he is. But equally as important is that you know his work. See, because his work and his person are one. They cannot be separated. And what Jesus did, he came and revealed God to man and demonstrated through what we call Christocentric ministry, how men, how the church, how women, how boys and girls would do ministry in the churchocentric age. He taught this lesson. And for any, this, this is for the instructors that are in here. If you think that just because you have uh, total clarity in your lesson and you have the uh, suave and, and uh, uh, great uh, command of how you present these lessons that you are necessarily getting through to everybody in every way, you are sadly mistaken. Because today's lesson is evident. I mean, we, we, just, we just spent all this time. It's three years. We, we are just days away from Jesus ending his earthly ministry, doing everything, teaching, preaching, recruiting, equipping, sending, performing miracles. And they're just about to graduate. And 106, it's gonna be handed over to them once Jesus leaves. And then Luke comes and says, but by the way, and you won't, you won't find this recorded. Luke records a lot of stuff that the other gospels don't. But here, here's what Luke uh, says, that after all this teaching, after all this preparing, you must continually ask yourself, who is Jesus and how do I know him? Because unless I really know him, I will not do the things of the ministry that need to be done. Oh, I, I, I can't, hey, hey, you, you can. Because if you don't know him, his personality, who he is, what he represents in the kingdom, you can never know fully what you represent in the kingdom. In verse 51 of Luke chapter 9, uh, we see, uh, I told you it's the greatest uh, uh, phrase in all the Bible, and it came to pass. It is, it is the greatest. He says, And it came to pass when the time Somebody say focus. See, this is a lesson in focus, folk. Oh, how easily we are distracted. But Jesus says, if you're really going to do ministry, if you're really going to do the mission, 
If you're really going to complete the task, you got to stay focused. As I stated earlier, he's winding up his earthly ministry. And he steadfastly put his eyes, his focus on Jerusalem. Because Jerusalem is the place, uh, not only of his birth, but it is the place that he is to die. But, but notice there's something in, interesting in verse 51 in that he talks about an event that will happen, Jim, before the mission is complete. I mean, Jesus is looking so far ahead. He's looking beyond Jerusalem and into eternity. Y'all don't hear me. Y'all do not hear me. You know why? Because you would squall that Deacon Sneed went in there, picked up on that little pupericope and said, wait a minute, what are you talking about, D? But he's looking ahead. He's going to Jerusalem. He's going to face the cross. No, he's going to face his return to glory. He is steadily focused on the end of his earthly ministry. This is a, the signal that says he's leaving us. He's leaving us. But before he leaves, Joe, Jesus is going to give him another test. Here they are. He stops in a place called Samaria. Y'all know Samaria. It is a place where Jews and Samaritans don't get along, even though they're related. Isn't that amazing? Some of the people that are the most difficult to get along with is your family. But, but here, the Samaritans, I mean, there's some animosity, there's some animus between Jews and, and uh, 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 the Samaritans. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, uh, some historians have said that there is such hatred amongst the Samaritans and the Jews that uh, if the sun was out, that, that Jews and Samaritans would walk so that their shadow would not even fall on one, on one another. Now that, if you don't want your shatter, you know you don't care nothing about nobody. But here Jesus says, on his way to go back to the Father, there's still another place you must go. And the place you must go, people won't necessarily like you. And so he sent the Spence a, 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 a party to go ahead, a scouting party to go and uh, 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 to prepare his coming to the Samaritans. An interesting thing happens. He's going to get rejected. But when they reject the disciples, who are they rejecting? Jesus. That's right. That's right. They're not rejecting you, disciple. So your fear of a rejection uh, does not apply when it comes to discipleship. Does not apply because they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting Jesus. Next verse. And. Now, if you just read that verse there, you, you don't know what's going on. They rejected him because he was headed toward Jerusalem. Couple of things there. They either know who he was 
that he's a pure blood Jew. He's on his way to Jerusalem. And if you're going to Jerusalem, we ain't got nothing to do with you. Or it simply says, you know, Jesus here, which is the more apt in, uh, translation and interpretation of this, is that Jesus goes there and he's focused on returning to the Father. He's focused past Jerusalem. And they don't like that because that doesn't appear to be very hospitable. But the lesson that to be taught today, the first lesson to be taught is that, folk, there's nothing more important than the mission for God. Uh-oh. See, see uh, all those outpoints that we talked about uh, earlier, uh, I mean, late last month? Outpoints, excuses. Somebody raise a hand if they know what I'm talking about. Out, outpoints. The, the issue is be focused on the mission and the mission only. And there are going to be times in this walk where you ain't got time to sit around and be hospitable. There's a mission. These folk need the gospel. The gospel is showing up. But the gospel is just going to be presented. And if you reject him, if he doesn't want to socialize, or if the gospel doesn't want to uh, 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 sup with you that day, that's the mission. Because this is an urgent mission. He knows that time is winding down. And there are going to be times, you ain't got to sit around and uh, time to sit around and debate all the scriptures. Sup bread with them. There are going to be times you're going to have to do, as you learn in 103, the bus stop gospel. Anybody know what the bus stop gospel is? Raise your hand if you do. Y'all better, my, I got some 103 instructors in here. Y'all better raise your hand. I'll bring Fred Kendall back here quick. If y'all ain't. Bus stop. There are going to be times where somebody's going to be catching the bus, and you ain't got time to go through all the Roman roads. You got to hit it and quit. Because they gone. They're catching the bus. And so, and sometimes people will reject you strictly on that basis. There's a time to be sociable. But when the mission is urgent. And folk, I can't think of a time when it's more urgent to do the mission now. We, we can't talk about running away from evangelism and discipleship now. Men and women are, are, are desperately wicked and perverted. Uh, the, the hearts and the culture of the society is perverted to the point that only the word of God will. So, so it, we may not have time for all the niceties because time is winding up. Jesus says, I'm focused on the ascension. I'm going up. I'm leaving. That's what where my focus is. And some folk want to sit around and commu uh, 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 have a, a communion with you. And I'm talking about socializing. And they just want to take up your time and they're never going to accept the gospel. And as a matter of fact, Jesus told you last week, if they reject it, what do you do? The Samaritans didn't like that. 
And folk, how many folk are you rejecting simply because you really don't like them? See, the underlying thing is that you didn't like them to start with. So you use that. You use every excuse. You know, you, 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 you never liked uh, uh, Sister Clayton to start with. When she started coming up here telling you about some gospel, is he? All she got to do is make one mistake. All she got to do is offend you in the least way. And, and that offending people getting offended, I tell you what, I'm about right here with people being offended about things that are going to help them. People are offended by the truth, folks. And when you share the truth, some folk are going to be offended. And they will reject you on that basis. And that's folk that look like you and folk that don't look like you. They all will share in that same thing. They will reject it because they, they, they are offended. But you say whatever God says and you will never be wrong. Amen. Oh, y'all didn't hear that. Yes, if you say exactly what God has said, you are never wrong. That is, I, matter of fact, anybody that comes in here, uh, I don't care who it is, Deacon Johnson comes up and tells me, you know what? Hey, that storm is over there. Uh, 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 he's not telling the truth. Like, Why is he not telling the truth? Uh, uh, man, he's quoting the Bible. I said, no, you're wrong. Because if he's quoting the Bible, he's saying what God said. Amen. So they're offended. But that don't distract you. On this urgent mission, there are a number of things that will distract you. You've got to maintain focus. The reason why we don't have men in 106, they have not maintained focus. Oh, I said it. I'll back it up, guys. You, you better bring it when you, when you approach me about it, though. Because there's nothing more important. Because remember, the agenda is that you would go to Jerusalem, yeah. Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. And, 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 and the issue is that Jerusalem is in trouble right now. You need to deal with Jerusalem. If for no other reason, you need to be equipped to deal with Jerusalem. The people that snore in your face every night, you need to be able to deal with that. But even they... May be offended, but you can't be distracted from the mission. What Jesus is saying here now, I'll not let your feelings overrule my mission. I will not let your emotional attachment overrule my priorities. In other words, my priorities are set. And he moves on. Like it or not. See, because here's what you got to get, folk. We have become a culture. I, I, the universal church has become the culture of fans. We, we have a whole bunch of fans of the church. Jesus is not looking for fans. He's looking for followers. See, fans want to sit and be entertained. Oh, I think the pastor got on it this morning, the same sort of thing. They, they want to come and say, hey, you know, just wow me, sing good, teach good, preach good, make me feel happy. But that's not what worship is all about. Amen. 
Worship is about you coming saying praise the Lord and you saying hallelujah and Johnson back there saying glory to the Lord. That's right. That's what worship is. So you bring something. You're not coming to get something. Do you have a Mother's Day out? Do, do you have child care? Do, do you have greeters? Do you have parking lot attendants? What are you bringing? I may be wrong, but I'm not. Because I'm just quoting the word. Fans, not followers. That's what he says. He says, and if people just want to be fans, you're going to have to leave them alone because they will distract you. The fans will distract you. They'll keep you from the mission. And, and, and the reason why some church workers, were, uh, Wes, are working so hard is because they're being distracted by other folk who just are hang-oners. They're not going to contribute anything, but they'll tie up all your time keeping you from the mission. Verse 54 says, James and John, sons of thunder, <laughs> them same rascals that Jesus recruited. They just, it wasn't Peter. It was James and John, the beloved disciple. The one that was supposed to be so really tender and mild and meek, John, John, you know, you know him. They said, hey, Jesus, I'll let nobody offend you like this. Let's bring down what? Fire. Like Elijah could do it. You done taught us how to do it. We're going to judge this right here. Jesus says, that ain't the mission. Y'all didn't hear me? Go read, read the next verse. Y'all, because they don't believe me. But, but what? He what? And what? Rebuke and said? He says, what kind of spirit is this? I'm on a mission. I'm on a critical, urgent mission, and you're talking about judgment. First of all, it ain't for you to judge. You don't condemn those folk who reject the gospel. Oh, they just this and they, you know, I, they need to be banished, you know, they need to be put away. No, that is not your call. Your call is to go make disciples. Go teach. Baptize. That's your commission. Not go and if they reject it, bring down fire on them. <laughs> See, because here's, here's, here's what you're doing. Just because someone rejected it today doesn't mean that Shelby will come back, uh, uh, Ford will come by a day later and say, hey, uh, do you ever heard of John 1 1? They say, oh, I want to give my life to Christ. But no, they won't have that opportunity. If you went by, you done smoked them. Amen. Jesus says, I'll do the, leave the judging to me. I'm not even judging them right now. There's a time for judgment because it is appointed once for man to die and then the judgment. But this is not time for judgment. This is discipling. You need to disciple them. And if they reject you, you simply move on. Because those folk have become a distraction. 
you're going to waste your time. You're going to take your mind off the mission to go judge somebody that you don't even have the right to judge. People will have you doing work of the ministry that don't need to be done because you lose focus on what you should be doing. I know I'm in the right place today. I, there is no doubt in my mind. It happens here, it happens there, it happens everywhere. You get folk, folk who lose focus and priority. What's your priority? That should be your focus. And what Jesus was saying, if you lose your focus, you'll fail the mission. If you change the priorities, you'll either fail or delay the mission. He says that time, I, I am the master of time. I created time. I know time is winding up and there's something more important. Because if I don't do what I need to do, this discipleship is nothing. You won't have nobody to disciple. Because if I don't go to Jerusalem, and if I don't get up on a cross, and if I'm not buried, and if on the third day I don't get up and ascend, mission failed. But there's no failure in me. I'm focused, and I'll not be distracted by petty things like people's emotions like people's culture or their color or their denomination or their socioeconomic status. I'll not be deterred by that. Jesus says, now I'm going to Jerusalem because I'm going to my father. In other words, I'm leaving for home. It's time to leave for home now. And nothing is going to stop that. And if I have to go by myself, I'm going to Jerusalem. I'm going to Calvary and I'm going there by myself. I'll go to Jerusalem with y'all, but even in Jerusalem, y'all got to stop. But your stopping won't be a distraction to me because the mission will not have yet been completed until I ascend. So he says, keep your priorities straight, keep your focus. And the only way to keep your priorities straight is to keep focus. In other words, y'all think y'all can multitask but I've seen y'all multitasking. I've seen folk, I've seen folk, Joe, that are classic, uh, linguistically uh, eloquent in every way, uh, profound writers, and yet in a text or an email or a letter, there's so many mistakes, I think I can't read. But you know what it is? They lose focus. Jesus says, I'm not doing that. Nothing's going to kick me off, uh, uh, stop me from doing what I need to do. Now, for the Son of Man is not what? Whenever you rebuke, always give a reason why you rebuke. I, I, you know, and there's some. And they're in here, and I, I don't want to embarrass them now, but there's some folk, they can, they can rebuke you, but they always give you a reason. And you know what? If you, if you give me the reason, I'm with you. And see, Jesus, he's, he's a master teacher. He's teaching us, rebuke the folk, but tell them why. And he, steps, and he tells you right there, he says, I didn't come to destroy men. I came to save them. 
not God's wish that any man should die, any man should perish, but that they be saved. That ain't the mission. And see what happens when you get distracted from the mission, you subject to have some very terrible consequences. Yes. You don't kill somebody who should have been saved. But then in verse 57, there's another great passage. There it is right there. What did it say? So at the end of 56, we learn the first lesson in discipleship. Stay focused. Maintain your priorities. Do the mission. Some missions may be urgent. And you got to act urgently. The next lesson is before you get talking about doing this thing called discipleship, before you get all caught up, you better count the cost. Because Jesus says there's a cost associated with uh, being a disciple of mine. And Ray, and I think that's what, what's happened at resurrection is that brothers have been using uh, 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 pencil instead of their calculators in doing the counting. Oh, I'm telling you, see? See, how many of you know exactly how a calculator works? Exactly, you can give me all the mechanics right quick, other than forward. <laughs> see, you don't know all the mechanics of it. Oh, you know, it works. And it'll work right every time. Right input, you're gonna get the right answer. But when y'all start using that pencil stuff, you, you, you may come up short, Doc. You know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm telling you. He says, count the cost. And he says, uh, Lord, a man came to him and said, Lord, I'll follow you. And what did Jesus say? Oh, by the way, let me just tell you, because of a research, this man is a scribe, by the way. Somebody who knows the law, been around the word. In other words, let me put it in today's. He's somebody who attended all the Sunday school classes at Resurrection, and, and, and he's ready to get involved in the evangelism process, okay? Okay, and here's what he said. He says, and Jesus said what? I want y'all to raise your hand if y'all clearly understand that scripture. Because folk, I'm telling you what, I grew up with this scripture. And I, I, I tell you, with, with few exceptions, they have always uh, misapplied this scripture. Because they're, they're trying to attest to the poverty of Christ, that Christ was poor. And that ain't what that scripture is saying right there. He's talking to a scribe. He's talking to a guy you know, he's, uh, and I'll tell you one, he's talking to a guy that's dressed in purple, you know, and uh, he's around, he knows the law, and uh, he's cool, and he's well-respected, but something Jesus has said has really excited him, and he's ready to be an ex a, a, a disciple. Oh, man, he's on fire. He's, he's, he, he's more on fire, uh, Dickon Johnson, than Monica was at the start of the class when I announced there was a graduation. This right, right there, I told you I'd use it. I told you I'd use it later on. He's on fire. He said, Jesus, I'll go with you. You just say the word, I'll go with you. And Jesus said, wait a minute, he's going to go with me? And here's what his reply. Foxes have holes. Birds have nests. 
But the Son of Man doesn't even have a place to lay his head. In other words, he says, have you really thought about what you said? What you agreeing to do? And notice Jesus didn't ask him to follow. He volunteered. He's on fire. This is the kind of person you want. But guess what? Have you made the cost? Have you counted the cost? Jesus is simply saying here, there won't be any Holiday Inns or five-star hotels. <laughs> See, many enter the process. And I used to think uh, uh, when uh, Pastor Johnson, years ago, Rosilio is going on now, the uh, director of uh, the National Evangelism Workshop, how he, he seemed to be so hard and crazy. Now, he was an ex-cop, you know, counselor. But, but man, when it came to evangelism, no outpoints. I'm, <laughs> I'm serious. You didn't have no excuses for uh, with Rosilio. You know, you either were on fire or you're not. I can hear him not, brown, but you're going to do it. It's tough out there. In other words, he says, have you thought about the fact that, you know, you're going to have to depend on other folk to feed you sometime. You, you're going to have to uh, uh, sleep in places that you haven't slept before. You, you used to driving to where you're going to have to walk to a lot of In other words, there are no comfort zones on this trail. Have you thought about that? Are, are you willing? Are you willing to do this? Because, see, Jesus knows everything, and he knew you ain't the kind of guy. He looked out there in the audience. Now, see, I, I know some of y'all ain't going to lay on no ground. <laughs> you, you see what I'm saying? That's all he's saying there. He's not talking about attesting to his poverty. He's just saying that my way is a very stern way. Okay? The issue is that there's no luxuries. And when people want, well, I think if we did this, it would be much nicer. You know, it would be easy in the pro. We ain't about that, making it easy. It's not going to be easy down there. Was it easy down there when y'all went to some of those mission trips? Fighting mosquitoes? Ain't had, didn't have a bath all day long. Do you realize that some folk in here take showers three, four times a day? They don't talk about me, what, I gotta wait to win the shower? Oh no, au contraire. <laughs> is there a nail shop in here? Jesus is saying there ain't no be none of that. Okay, I, I, I know y'all, I, I know y'all, y'all wonder about me. I, I, I do too. Uh, but uh, he says, and he said to another, see, he went on to the next guy. There's three people we're going to meet here. He says to another, what did he say? Follow me. But he said, the Lord said to me, first, Lord, the area of my father. Now, wait a minute, Jesus, you asked me. I can understand this other character who's just on fire ain't kind of, you know, he had a, a significant emotional event, you know, so now, you know, he wants to do it. He's just happy and he wants to hit and kind of the call. But you asked me. So here's, since you asked me, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll follow you when I bury my daddy. But folk, let me tell you something. If y'all can't con a con, how you gonna uh, uh, con Jesus. Jesus read right through 
this game, this ain't nothing but a not point. This is a game here. Because, see, and most, again, this scripture, y'all can raise it, you don't have to raise your hand, but I'm going to teach it anyway. The issue is that uh, Jesus, what Jesus, he says, uh, but, uh, but he said to the Lord, suffer me. Jesus said unto him, let the dead bury their dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. Now, let me tell you what some folk have done, Storm. You know those, those folk who don't really like to go to funerals? They come up with that excuse. Let the bed, dead bury the dead. I ain't got time. And, and, and the Bible, I'm quoting the Bible. That's what the Bible said. That ain't what the Bible said here. That wasn't even the context in which this guy said. This was a con, guys. The guy said, I'll come and join you, Jesus. I will follow you. But after my daddy is dead and buried, I'll follow you. In other words, I want to do it. I know I should do it. But guess what? I got an excuse. I want to delay doing it. The mission is too urgent. So now it's a matter of commitment and availability. You don't want to be available because you got excuses. And one of the biggest excuses is, I need to go take care of my family and all that other stuff uh, can come later. Jesus says, when you've chosen me, I am the first priority. Your family is not the first priority. And what he's saying here, he's saying, but let the dead bury the dead. Let some of your non-spiritual relatives take care of your mama and daddy. Because they're of this world, the needs of your mom and daddy are of this world. Oh, they said, man, that's hard. It's, it's, it's hard, but it's right. Jesus says the kingdom business is too important for you not to show up, for you to delay. You, you always got an excuse. You always delay. Matter of fact, your class started Five years ago, they have graduated, they've had two turns teaching, and you still in the process. And every time you see Deacon Sneed, you run down the hall because you know he's gonna ask you about it. But Jesus says, let the dead bury the dead. The things of this world, let the dead world take care of it. The things of the kingdom, this is about kingdom building. This is about doing the things of the kingdom. And the business of the kingdom is far more important than the business of this world. Mama, daddy, uh, matter of fact, he says it, you know, just go to chapter 14, y'all think I'm saying, he says it more, he said, unless you forsake your mama and your daddy. So that tells me that evangelism, that discipleship has a very high priority because Jesus is in the center of it all. And Jesus should be your first priority, not your second, third, fourth. They're not in here. So I, I tell y'all right now, they're not in here. Some people, they said, if you just let me get out of this class, I'll be in evangelism. I, I'm ready. I'm on fire. I'm going to tear down the strongholds of the devil. 
That was in a class. Oh, Sisyrus, did I tell you that this class was a freshman comp class? They now have a PhD and they still ain't in evangelism. That's a delay. It's not a good out point. Okay, I'm gonna clear that up right now. It's not a good out point because we've had PhD candidates sit right in basic doctrine. Matter of fact, two of them that I know of sit in basic doctrine, taking notes in basic doctrine, and on the sly working on their dissertation. I know that for a fact, what I'm teaching on my staff right now. But the issue is they were here, their availability. Jesus says you gotta make yourself available and we're not gonna wait on you. The mission is too urgent. You got to do what you got to do because I'm going to do what I got to do because I'm focused toward Jerusalem. There's another guy. Verse 61 says what? Now this one right here, some of y'all didn't like that. <laughs> I don't, I, hey guys, yeah, it's all right. Just say, I don't like that. I don't like that. Wait a minute. You mean to tell me if I sign up for basic, I can't even go home and tell my, uh, my children goodbye? No. Jesus is not saying that. Jesus is saying, you've got to remain focused. And you can't look back to your past relationships your worldly, non-kingdom relationships and be so overly concerned about those. That's what he's saying. And I'm going to tell you why. Because of what he says. He says, and Jesus said unto him, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Somebody say discipleship. discipleship. Not, salvation. not salvation. Discipleship. discipleship. Not salvation. He's not talking about your salvation. Jesus shows us in these two lessons in discipleship that a person can be fully saved and not yet be a disciple. They can be fully saved. We're not talking about their salvation. We're talking about their discipleship. But the issue is, uh, and someone was saying it earlier, about the, the maturation your maturity level. But let me tell you something, folks. You shouldn't be uh, on formula by now. There's not one in this room should be on formula now. I mean, we're talking about steak and potato time. You know, we're talking about eating cracklings, the hard kind. But wait a minute, before you go, because I want to show this to you. He uses this agricultural illustration. Karen, to say that, you know, a plow, and I know some of you could identify with this, because I know Robbie and a couple of you done plowed a couple of mules. You hook that mule up, let me tell you something you don't do. You don't take your eye off the end of that row, because if you do, you will have curves. You will not, you cannot plow a straight row if you keep looking back. How many of you were in the band? Marching band? Great. 
what, what is one of the things they, first things they told you about marching? Stay in line, but that stay in line means looking straight ahead. Because how you stay in line is looking, you're counting on the person in front of you to stay in line. But you take a fixed point, you know, right there, and you say, I'm going right there. If you never take your eyes off that point, you'll go straight. But folk, if you look back, let me tell you what will happen. <laughs> you'll go in circles. And Jesus says, no man should ever come out here on the discipleship road and talk about, I want to go back. Uh, I need to go back home. I, I got some stuff I need to take care of at home. I, uh, I need, you know, Aunt Sadie is visiting next weekend. We need to, Jesus says, that's not important. Once you get on the row, row, plow, don't look back. Focus, priorities, commitment. You've got to stay totally committed to the end journey. Two lessons in discipleship. Group of people and then three individual men. They all had excuses. It was excuse abuse because there is no legitimate reason for not availing yourself to the work of the kingdom. If you right now heard a baby hollering and screaming in the hallway, would you just sit here? There's not a one of you. You, you would respond. You would say somehow, and, 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 and I know some of you are trained uh, doctors and nurses, but, uh, you know, they, they would run. They try to, but you'd at least try to find out what is wrong and can we get them some help? Okay? Same screaming baby in the hallway. Bullets are flying. You hear the bullets. You don't see the bullets, you don't feel the bullets, but you hear them. How many of you would run out there in the hallway? <laughs> see, the first response was that every one of you would jump up immediately. On the second illustration, you would say, well, let me count the cost here. Let, let, let me count the cost. And most of you think about stuff like my life. Don't give me that old sad, uh, oh, well, I was worried about my children will be left here without a mother. Now, lie. Yeah, that's third down on the list somewhere. But the issue is, I guarantee you, there's one person that hears that baby, hears them bullets, there's one person in here that will get up. There's, a, there's one. I'm talking, I know there's one. And you know what one that is? Your mama. Thank you. We can't talk about no bullets. My baby's out there. I'm going to get my baby out of those bullets. I'm going to get my baby out of from those bullets. I don't, hey, hey, what, what? Because Jesus says if any man that does not take up his cross and deny himself. See, all these illustrations today, these were about people who wanted to hang on and look back to the way things were used to be and delay from doing the work of the kingdom. But Jesus says this work is too important for you to keep procrastinating. You need to get in the process. 
You need to stay in the process. You need to get in the process. You need to stay in the process. Wait a minute, I, I'm, I'm stuck here. You need to get in the process. You need to stay in the process. Because this is the kingdom. This is the ministry that we got to do. Jesus is not coming back to conduct one Bible class. When Jesus stepped on that escalator and went back to his father, he told you, I'm due. The only teaching I'm going to do in this capacity is that every day me and the Holy Ghost are going to talk about you, the Holy Ghost that's in you. And he's going to nudge you every now and then. But if you're hard-headed and don't want to do, in other words, Jesus says, I'm with you. I just ain't going to do the work for you. And I'm not going to violate your will. No matter how I feel. Because this had to be an emotional thing for Jesus. He's going, he's going to lead these men that he had shepherded all this time. But there's a greater cause. If he doesn't leave these men, many more will be lost. The men and many more will be lost. All of men will be lost. If Jesus Christ had not stayed focused, if he let people distract him, if he accepted people's excuses why you shouldn't go, we would all be lost. Amen. Amen. Two lessons in disciple.